showtime, baby. Here we go. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. game is going on he's feeling it and you can see he's rising to the occasion it's the tc martin show oh, awesome, baby, with a it's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor tc martin this is your captain baby hey come with me the doctor is now in Hour number two, T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank, Numchuck on the other side of the proverbial glass, Kelsey Plum for the Las Vegas Aces. She will join us. I want to thank Big Bill Cartwright for joining us last hour. And, uh, yes, no football tonight, but football tomorrow afternoon. The Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers will finally play, we hope. And, again, uh, it's on, like, three of my tickets. <laughs> Wednesday afternoon football. Oh, yes, yes. And, and don't forget, it's Wednesday afternoon football, 1240 our time, because we cannot miss, or at least NBC does not want to miss, the lighting of the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Plaza. Well, the NFL this week on Wednesday is the National Football Lunch. Yes. Now, we're going to be uh, preempting Dr. Oz. We're going to be preempting some, uh, some uh, I don't know what the NBC uh, uh, serials are. are they, what do they call them? Serials? What? Soap operas? Whatever they call them? I don't know because we're on the air, so I really don't care. Yeah, thank you very little. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, may, maybe our guy who used to dominate daytime TV, Chuck Esposito. After all, he does have about 47 televisions in his office. I don't know what they're on, uh, but the, they're probably mostly on, uh, on racetracks and uh, some sporting venues. Chuck Esposito, Sunset Station. What's going on, my man? I'm good, TC. Just uh, you know, a little bummed there was no football today, but I'm glad we're going to have it tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. I know. It's crazy. All right, Chuck, let's talk about this because the thing was scheduled as being the marquee game of the week, let alone the marquee game on Thanksgiving night. Then, you know, it gets moved to Sunday morning Pacific time. And now then it gets moved to Tuesday. And now it's to Wednesday. Uh, what's your confidence level that this thing will actually be played? You know, I hope that it is. Um, you're right. It was the marquee game on Thanksgiving night, and it's a heated rivalry between these two teams. And you're talking about the only undefeated team in football against a team that's kind of, you know, really struggling right now and hasn't played well, um, that, that needs to kind of circle the wagons. I know the league is doing everything they can um, to make sure this game goes off. So at this point, you know, fingers crossed, it's all, you know, to wait and see. I know the. You know, the health and safety of everybody involved is, is paramount and the most important. But I'm, I'm hoping that it does go off tomorrow. It does look like that, you know, knock on wood, at this point, everything points in the right direction. Uh, there it is. We're just getting our latest update. Uh, the Ravens just got their COVID-19 test results back. There were no positives amongst the players. Baltimore is on the plane to Pittsburgh now, Chuck. So game on track to happen. There we go. Let's let's uh, let, let's start lining up here and get some more action going. And uh, that's so, <laughs> awesome news. <laughs> so there you go. You get it all here, Chuck. You get your breaking news. There it is. So let's talk about the handle for this game. Uh, how when it was on Thanksgiving night, uh, were you actually taking? Uh, voids or refunds? Could people come up and say, hey, we don't know what's going to happen here? Tell us, give us the whole scenario here from a sportsbook perspective well, in this game. so much you don't know what, what's going to happen here. I mean, as long as the, the game is on the board and um, we're still scheduled to be played, we take games off periodically if there's a, 
you know, a major injury or, or something else that we have to evaluate. But providing the game is still going to be played on that day, you have action. Once we, we knew that the game was going to be totally canceled, then per our house rules, if a date is changed, it's a total refund. We will reset the game up. You'd have to rebet it. So that has happened now, you know, I think three times for this game. If it's just a location that's changed for whatever reason, you still would have action. But a date change is no action. It is a refund. So it's not just a game that we take down to, to evaluate if there's some COVID that we're going to just void and refund. Um, you know, it's, it's once we know for sure, that's when it becomes uh, a no action and a refund. So if you had this on a parlay or a teaser on Tuesday or Wednesday, are you saying that, that that's off the ticket? That's off the ticket, correct. Yep, it just would revert down. So if you had a five-teamer, it's now a four-teamer. A four-teamer, it's now a three-teamer, um, et cetera. If you had a two-team parlay, you had a straight bet on whatever the other team was. That is correct. And how much does that hurt you from a, from a bookmaking standpoint? Because obviously you, you want to try to get as much action as you can, and I know a lot of people were probably using this game, especially on the Pittsburgh side. Is that a good thing or a bad thing in your opinion? No, I mean, I think we hate to, to take a game off at any time, TC. I think, you know, we want to um, keep them scheduled. We, we, we hate that a, that a guest could, could have that, uh, you know, on a parlay or a teaser or a straight bet and, and have to come back in and rebet it. But on the flip side, I mean, any time that you have an isolated pro football game like we're going to have tomorrow, even though it's a little bit earlier than usual, it still is going to generate um, really good handle and a lot of interest. And it's two, you know, really popular teams. So I think having a game on Wednesday, which we wouldn't have, it still is a, you know, is a plus under the circumstances for not having it on Thanksgiving and for guests having to, you know, rebet this maybe three different times. Have you seen a lot of people come in there and actually make bets on it, get a refund, and then put it on the next day that it's on on that? And has there been any yeah. live line movement with the six days between the original date of when it was supposed to happen? There, there has ballpark. I think you know, the, as you guys know, I mean, first uh, the players who were in and who were out, and then more players were out, and now you're you know you're seeing that Dobbins and Ingram are back in again. Um, so there, there definitely has. I mean, you know, it, it's just natural that. Um, based on who you have in and out is going to affect the line somewhat. Um, but, but we have seen that, and there has been you know, major adjustments from the very first time we put it up. You were talking about a game that was you know, a little over a field goal um, compared to double digits where it went um, you know, the, the second time we put it up. So um, definitely you know, some, some change there. Personally, I think there's a little bit of value with um, the Ravens. Happy to root for whoever we need at kickoff. But you know, this, is a, this is a big game for them. I mean, they're, they're sitting – you know, the eighth spot right now. This is a huge game for them. And this was a team that maybe six weeks ago I thought might have been the best team in football. Um, but I really think Jackson's kind of taken a step back. Um, he really hasn't connected with Hollywood Brown. The passing game has been non-existent. As long as they're ahead and winning, they're a different team. But when they're behind or in a close game, they seem to be a team that, that really, really struggles a bit. And, Chuck, I want to go back to this real quick. So, you guys are, you know, took that off the board, like you said, had to rebet it. Is that a, a house rule, like, say, with Station Casinos, or is that a Nevada uh, gaming control board call there? Is that, is that statewide, or is that left up to each property? No, it's actually it's our house rule at Station Casinos. It's publicly posted in all of our sports books. Uh, hard copies available for, for any guests that would want one, but we spell it out clear. 
that if a date is changed, that it is no action on that game. And we'll post it on our boards, make sure that we educate our guests. I believe there are some, some other properties or companies um, throughout the Valley that have very similar and some have some differences to it. But uh, it is something that we submit to the Nevada State Gaming Control Board. They have copies of our, our house rules. And, again, we do our very best to, you know, to communicate and educate to our guests when something like this happens. When it comes to this particular game, because it is on a Wednesday, and then you have the next week of NFL action starting literally the next day, are people able to put this in a parlay with some of the games from next week? I mean, it, it, it could sure. be a crazy. Could, could they actually have Pittsburgh on a parlay with Pittsburgh in the <laughs> other should, parlay right? for yeah. next week, too, and have them twice on the same card? And They could, but that game's not on the board right now, ballpark. Right. I, I think, you know, still some uncertainty there, and we know that it was going to get moved, but – but, yeah, they absolutely could do that um, if they so choose. I mean, we know now that, you know, betting games early, um, that there are some questions there because we don't know what's going to happen later in the week. And we've seen players where, you know, we didn't know weren't going to be in. Look what happened with, with Denver. And we've seen, uh, you know, games that are postponed and moved. Um, so there is a lot of uncertainty. So I see a lot more guests kind of waiting until, you know, Saturday and Sunday. But, uh, yeah, they could definitely bet it early in the week for any of those games that are on the board. Chuck Esposito, Sunset Station, Sportsbook Director, joined us. Chuck, you mentioned the, the Broncos situation where this line moved approximately about 11 points. Uh, I believe what the Saints didn't they go off at 17 or 17 and a half on Sunday. And it, was it one of those games where, where people just stayed away and the handle was down? Or did you see people just continue to drive this line up once you did readjust it and there was nothing but Saints money coming in? No, we adjusted it, guys. I mean, you know, when you're playing a game with, without one of your, you know, your four quarterbacks or three quarterbacks, um, I mean, they were one for nine for 13 yards. Not that Hill lit it up on the other side, but still way, way different. So, um, you know, at this time of year, too, guys, you're going to have games that maybe aren't quite as popular, and I think it was kind of the uncertainty of such a big number. I mean, it, it, on paper, it clearly looked like, hey, the Saints are the much better team. You know, the other team doesn't have a quarterback, but are they? You know, you almost had. Yep, you're asking them to win by three touchdowns. Um, are they three touchdowns better on the road in Denver? So I think for the most part, it did hurt handle somewhat on that game, um, not having you know any one of the three quarterbacks play for Denver. You know, with this COVID situation, it's always fluid. It's it's crazy. Chuck, has this been probably one of the strangest seasons or times that you've gone through as a sports book director? Because I know you've been doing this a long, long time. And would this Baltimore-Pittsburgh thing really stand out as the craziest? Or are there some, some other things that, that maybe the public might not actually see or witness what you have to go through on a daily basis here? I think overall... Um, TC, I think we're in such an information era that, you know, it's not just us who are, you know, really paying attention to this. And on top of it, I think our guests are as well. Uh, They're getting a lot of this information and hearing about certain players and games being moved. Sometimes they're asking us, you know, almost simultaneously to us finding out about it. You know, we, we heard that game's going to be moved or did that game get moved again? Or is this player in or out? So it has been a strange year. There's no question about it. I mean, most important thing, again, I can't stress enough, is that, you know, is the health and safety of everybody involved in the games. And then, of course, um, our teams and our guests as well um, want to provide, you know, an atmosphere for them that, that, that they feel comfortable in. We love when the guests come out, and uh, but it has been really, really strange. And I think that's another reason for the STN mobile app, 
Um, you know, you have the, the book really at the palm of your hands now when things like this happen. If it's a game that gets moved or um, if there's more games on the board or an afternoon game opposed to a weekend game, it really is a, you know, a cool feature that, that you can have this right now, especially um, during the holidays where people are a little bit busier and have the honey to do list and there's just a lot going on. Um, that the STN mobile app is just a, a, a tremendous thing right now with all the different sports going on. Now that we're this deep into the season, do you guys have a better take on what a home field advantage is for games and teams and that kind of stuff? Or is it still a work in progress because it's still kind of changing with weather conditions and other things? Yeah, I kind of look at it two different ways, Ballpark. I think that still kind of looking at it um, to, you know, that there still is somewhat of a home field advantage. I mean, you still don't have to travel. You're still, you know, pretty much with your family and then sleeping in your own bed and and you're not having to travel. And I think the the visiting teams now who seem to be going later and later, sometimes flying out on, you know, game day or the day before, um, that still does create, I I think, you know, some problems. Uh, From the fan side of it, you know, of course, it is way different, you know, not having fans at at Lambeau Field or or in Seattle um, or uh, uh, or in the Superdome or Kansas City having, you know, a packed house. Um, It definitely is different. So, But I still think there is – somewhat of a home field advantage uh, for some of these games. Um, it's just not anything like, you know, we've seen in the past. All right, Chuck Esposito, Sunset Station. Chuck, we know that the Raiders' money was flowing last Sunday and all week leading up to it as they were a road favorite uh, in Atlanta. And uh, I don't know what, uh, you know, how, how that, I know that was a big a big day for, for the books with you guys, with you guys were rooting for Atlanta. And basically it's been a good day for the books the entire month of November, hasn't it? Yeah, overall, it's been, a, it's been a good month, TC. I think that game was arguably our biggest game of the day. Um, if you looked at ticket counts and, and percentage of, of tickets on the Raiders, straight, parlay, money line, um, teaser, betting over, it was just an onslaught. I think early on we saw some uh, respected play on the Falcons, but really it was dwarfed by um, what we saw from the public on the Raiders. And I think it was kind of a perfect storm, guys. Raiders were 4-1 and one on the road. Only teams with better road records at the time were the Steelers and Chiefs. Those were the only teams, and they were both undefeated on the road. Um, so it was an, an Atlanta team that only had one win at home. Raiders had the third most points in the league, um, uh, in the AFC, I should say, uh, only behind, again, Kansas City and Pittsburgh. The Falcons had no Julio, no Gurley. Ryan had his three statistically lowest games of the year when Julio wasn't in the lineup. It just looked like, hey, this Raider team is 6-4. and four. They've split with the Chiefs and could have won twice. It's, they're just the better team. And I think you also had the, you know, the public factor out here that, hey, we got a lot of Raider fans out there. They're relevant, they're good, and they clearly backed them last week. Is it more difficult making a line on a team like the Raiders who can look so good one week and then not so good the next? Or is it just a simple thing of going, well, what's going to get us money on both sides and what do we think the public is going to do? You know, Ballpark, I think it's difficult for every team because in this league, it has shown us this year that it is clearly week to week. Um, You know, you think about a few weeks ago how Indy went into Tennessee and just dominated them in all facets of the game. And then this past weekend, Tennessee goes into Indy and dominates them. And I, I think when you look at the Raiders, hey, they had a very tough schedule early on. Um, one of the tougher, especially home schedules with New Orleans and, and Buffalo. 
uh, and Tampa uh, coming in. They were only the favorite in one game at home, and that was against Denver, and the public backed them. They had backed them way more on the road this year because of an easier schedule so far on the road. But I don't put them at any more difficult than anybody else. Again, this is a you know it, it's a crazy league. I mean, you, you see you know Minnesota go on streaks and then lose. I mean, it's happening. Uh, uh, the Chargers seem to find ways to lose every single week. Um, Cleveland is winning really, really ugly. They've actually given up more points than they've scored, yet they're 8-3. Um, you know, you want to give up on New England, and then, you know, they're back, you know, kind of uh, on the outside looking in, but have made some noise. So I think it's on a weekly basis, guys. Um, you know, we're reevaluating and, and looking at every single team and game, but, you know, trying to put numbers up that are hopefully a good two-way number. But the public lets us know really quickly, guys, if that number's too high or too low. And you look at this week's Raiders game, I guess, coming off the embarrassing loss that they had. Now they got to go on the road, travel cross-country again, and to play this Jets team that is, is winless here. And I know conventional wisdom will say, hey, okay, the Raiders are going are gonna to spank these guys. But we've seen the Jets be competitive, uh, you know, for, I want to say, a majority of these games. But uh, aside from last week, before that they were, especially when Flacco was quarterbacking him. But I don't know about you, Chuck, but this was kind of reminiscent. When I saw the Raiders lose to Atlanta, I had this flashback to last year. They were in that exact same situation. They were 6-4. and four. They went and played the Jets, and the Jets spanked them 34-3. to three. Not saying that's going to happen happen this time around but the Raiders have been known to fall flat on their face a one in five finish last season do you kind of get the feeling this could happen again with this team I don't know TC I think that was it was kind of a, a bad spot I think at six and four and how good they had played that you know you're they're a young team a relatively young team it just happens in this league and you're right about last year they did go back and at six and four they got beat up by a better Jets team last year this is a Jets team that's minus 170 in point differential. They're not very good. They're probably a better team with Flacco than they are with Darnold. I'm not sure why Darnold's been so bad. I mean, uh, quarterback rating, I, I think, is second lowest in the entire league. Um, they're not a good team. And it's a Raider team that went from the number six spot to the number nine spot. They've got a favorable schedule down the stretch, guys. They've probably played Kansas City better than anybody else but they can't look past this game. I don't think they that they go into this game and lay an egg like they did in Atlanta. I mean, do they roll over the Jets? I don't know. I mean, it, it's a big number. Again, on the road, it's over a touchdown, but it's not a good Jet team. And if you're a team that just got beat by a Falcon team that didn't look very good, if you want to win, I mean, this is a team you want to have to play against, and that's the Jets. Chuck, have you seen some early money on the Raiders in this game? We have, guys. I mean, again, there's so much uncertainty going on, and I think you look at this week's schedule of games, and, I mean, there's a, you know, it's like a teaser mecca uh, this week when you look at it, guys. I mean, it just looks like there's a lot of, you know, kind of big number games that I clearly can see the, you know, the public jumping on and backing some of these teams, but uh, they have been on the Raiders. That uh, They've clearly looked at games like, um, you know, Cincinnati and Miami, where you've got a big number. Jacksonville and Mini, where you've got a big number. Um, there's just, a, you know, Seattle and the Giants without uh, Daniel Jones, Philly and Green Bay. There are a lot of prohibitive favorites this week. I can see them circling a lot of those favorites, especially um, on teasers uh, this week with these big numbers. Hey, Chuck, speaking about the Jets, it kind of leads me into another thing that we were discussing amongst ourselves the other day. And 
That's I know there's profits out there. Will the Jets be zero and sixteen? Will the Raiders be? Will the uh, Steelers be sixteen and zero? What happens if? And hopefully this isn't the case. But what happens if a team ends up winning a game or losing a game by forfeit because there is a COVID issue, like we almost saw with this Pittsburgh Baltimore game? Is there still action if a team only plays fifteen games? Do they have to play sixteen, or is that another one of those things of check out your house rules? Yeah. Our house rules do say, and for win totals, that teams must play a certain amount of games for action. Um, it may vary, again, uh, industry-wide somewhat, um, but uh, but we do have that stuff posted. And I believe there's also a rule in, in our house rules that say we do not recognize, um, you know, uh, forfeits or overturned results. So, um, uh, you know, it's something you'd have to look at for everybody's house rules as well. All right. Chuck Esposito, Sunset Stations. All right, Chuck, we, uh, we appreciate uh, the time, as always, my friend. Uh, continue to be safe. You're doing a fantastic job up there. And go visit Chuck, Sunset Station, or any of the station properties. And, again, the STN app, fantastic as well, too. And uh, hopefully, Chuck, I know we keep saying this all the time, that we can get back to the viewing parties and getting back to, to doing what, what fans want to do. Go and have a great time because there is no better place than station casinos for all the stuff that you guys do that are associated with the big-time events and the big-time games. I appreciate that, guys. We we would love it. We love, as I said, when the guests come out and enjoy everything we have to offer. And uh, the Racing Sportsbook has been such a big part of that with our draft parties and our seminars and everything that we do for, for both race and sports. Um, just, you know, hope everybody had a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. And, you know, we look forward to seeing you guys. And hopefully we can get back on the beam soon and have a lot of this stuff to offer. But, again, don't forget, guys, STN Mobile to all the listeners both the race and sports side of it. So we know everybody gets kind of busy this time of year, but it's just great to have that mobile app. We can get you signed up in just a matter of minutes. Uh, so come on into any of our properties and uh, and download the app, and, and we'll get you signed up really quick. I'm just hoping that we can watch another Blackhawk game together sometime soon. Right? <laughs> I hope so too, buddy. Um, my son and I are looking at it every day, and you know, talking about Ian Mitchell, and you know, uh, they've got too many healthy forwards now. Who might they deal? So I'm a huge hockey nut, and uh, I'm hoping we get the, the Hawks and the, and the Knights and, and hockey back as well. You, you notice I'm hearing that you guys are not planning on getting together for any Bears watching, though. I can, I can see that. Man, that was hard stuff. <laughs> All good, buddy. I know. Look, the Bears are doing what the Bears do. It's time to hibernate. <laughs> yep. 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 All right, Chuck. Thanks a lot, buddy. Take care. All right, guys. You too. Thank you. There he is, Chuck Esposito, one of the best uh, sportsbook guys, not just uh, – uh, sportsbook personality, but uh, he's, he does it. does it uh, fantastic over there. They've got a great staff all throughout the station properties. And, again, uh, Chuck, very media-friendly, always has been. Love having him on the show. Yeah, and also, I mean, when they do throw the parties out there and that, if you're in that neck of the woods and that, when they do get them back up, football, whatever else, uh, I know they do a lot of horse racing stuff as well. Uh, just a fun place to be in, a good atmosphere. And like you said, just an overall good guy, not just a sportsbook guy, mm-hmm. just a good quality person. A Chicago guy. There you go. We yeah. love those Chicago guys. And, again, I'm hoping that we do get back. And I know Brian Blessing, is, you know, he's done a great job of hosting all the VGK parties and this and that. I'm hoping I can get back and, and, and host Super Bowl party that we did last year uh, at Station Casinos as well, too. So, Hopefully we can get back to to the parties because there is nothing like it. And I know that uh, we miss it, you know, hosting these events and these remotes like we, we love doing, but the listeners love it and the fans love it. Well, you know, there was some potential good news today. I don't know if you heard this or not. Dr. Fauci? Dr. Fauci. Oh, shoot. Is that Fauci. worth breaking news? 
Is that worth breaking news? It might be breaking news. All right. Let's go to our on-the-spot reporter. I don't know where he's buried somewhere uh, in a hospital somewhere. It's Ballpark Frank. Yeah, I, I spent one day in a hospital when I broke my neck. I left the day after. <laughs> not, not, a, not a hospital guy. That's strong. But, but yes, but uh, the good Dr. Fauci basically came out and said today that if things go well and people do what they're supposed to do, we could have full NFL stadiums by the start of next season. And he's talking 60,000-plus in stadiums. He said, Now, that's not a given. People have to wear the mask and do the social distancing and do what they're supposed to do now, but that he believes that with the vaccines and everything else and the way things are going, that there could be a possibility that we could see not only some fans in the stands, but full stands by the start of the 2021 season in September. Do you understand how that makes me feel? It doesn't make me feel good at all. You're using the term possibility, maybe. We better be back to that. I mean, come on. Are you kidding? We thought we'd be back to it towards the end of this season. Well, I'm sorry, but I never thought we were going to be back to it towards the end of this season. But as good as that might sound to some people, other people are shaking their head like, well, I hope so. I mean, we better get back to that. After but... a Thanksgiving where you weren't supposed to have anybody in your house and you can't go to a restaurant anymore without a reservation, you can't have more than four to a party? Don't tell if Jake you Paul eight, that. If you have eight people at a party, you have to sit at two separate tables. If you have five, uh, do you... Take three and two or somebody. Well, we don't like you that much. Anyhow, get out of here. The fifth one. I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of rules being made. I'd say that is potentially good news. Hopefully, that means that people will start doing what they're supposed to do so we can get to that. That's the part that bothers me about it. What has this done to group dating? Even double dating. What has it done to it? You know, from what I understand, Tinder is busier than ever. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> I, I Of course, Numchuck would know that. I, I had a friend of mine that kind of works at some uh, adult um, gentlemen's clubs and other places and that. And, oh, Numchuck knows about that, And though. he said that that actually is, um, that, that that's actually a very hot item right now. Really? I guess young people figure, ah, I was told I'm immune to it, so I still want to knock some boots. <laughs> Frank just went with the knocking boots. There you go. See if you can get that song up there, Numchuck. Knocking boots. Numchuck probably didn't even know that song. That's a good one right there. All right. When we come back, Kelsey Plum joins us. The sharp shooter. We'll, uh, with the Las Vegas Aces rehabbing from an Achilles injury, we're going to talk some basketball with her, some UFC with her, all kinds of stuff. Love doing that. These wheels need a two lane. I don't know. I asked for this knocking boots, and this guy gives me some cut. I don't know what you're giving me here. That's I'm talking about the old school R&B song, knocking boots. You know what I'm talking about? What are you talking about? Is that some cowboy thing? He's he's puts in knocking boots, and he comes up with that. He actually thinks that I would like that. Doesn't he know me by now? I mean, give me a break. Does anybody really know anybody? I guess not. I don't know. We're about I... to see your new video by H Town. <laughs> H Town. There you go. Yeah, I guess. Jeez. All right. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. All right. We'll wind in the... I'll let Frank take us into the break with that, because I know he loves that song. The first one was knocking cowboy boots. Yeah, exactly. NFR. (laughs) Terrible Tuesday, T.C. Martin Show. What's up, guys? This is Mac from the Las Vegas Aces. You're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Boom. Yeah. Don't forget, we encourage everyone to come on out and see us at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas Fridays, 2 to 4 p.m. Come on out. We'll be talking a little boxing this week as well. Earl Spence Jr., Danny Garcia, looking forward to that. Coming up on Saturday, Fox Pay-Per-View. From Jerry World. 
From Jerry's, exactly. Home of the Cowboys. Be interesting to see how many seats they sell, the social distancing goes on with all that. They'll probably have more fight than the Cowboys do. Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> all right. And uh, don't forget, get the William Hill mobile app. Real easy to do. Uh, deposit at least $50 in a brand new account at William Hill. Open it up. Use the promo code TC50. Boom. Get yourself $50 free in the account. That's right. And uh, you got free money to play with. That's right. Open an account at William Hill. Any of the William Hill uh, books around town, the kiosk, all that stuff, or come by the Cosmopolitan, do it on Friday. Again, open an account, deposit at least $50. They'll match it with another $50. Got to use the promo code TC50. All right. Well, we got some NBA basketball. It's getting ready to start up here. Training camp next week. Uh, WNBA, uh, we'll have to wait for the spring for that. But uh, we visit with uh, one of the Las Vegas Aces sharpshooters, as I like to call her, and just all-around good person. She's rehabbing right now. It sounds like she's driving around somewhere, I'm guessing, in Southern California. Maybe it's Vegas. Who knows? We're talking about Kelsey Plum. <laughs> what is up, Plum? GC Farm was good. You tell me. It's all good here. I mean, uh, did you devour some turkey? Give us what was on the Plum menu for Thanksgiving. Listen, I actually was in Florida um, doing uh, the whole Arkansas GA gig, and uh, my mom and I ate at the hotel. It was a little turkey stuffing, sweet potato yams. They did a good job. I was, I was very impressed. So that's what was for dinner. Wow. Okay. Now that sounds like, according to your teammates and your head coach, that sounds a lot better menu than what they had in the Wubble uh, in, in Florida during the season. <laughs> Man, they were holding on by by uh, small threads, and I, I I thought they did an incredible job sticking with it. And you know, I tried to encourage them when they could, when I could. But uh, yeah, that that was a tough one. They they weren't so satisfied with the food at all times. That's what I heard. So honestly, how did that sit with you? I mean, obviously, missing the season was just a killer for you. Totally understand that. But what about not being in, in the bubble, or did you actually? go back there at any point during the season? No, I wasn't allowed to go back to the bubble. Um, I didn't think because, so. you know, yeah. Pro- yeah, because of protocols and all that stuff. I tried, but uh, they said no. And, you know, it was tough because I think more than just basketball, you just have, you know, great relationships with your teammates and you just miss being around them and uh, that community aspect. And with everything in the pandemic going on, there's not a lot of time for community. So that was definitely something that I missed a lot. And, uh you know, just makes you grateful for the time that you do get to spend with people. So are you guys saying that the only way to get T.C. Martin to not take pictures of food is to have him have to live in the wobble? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Something like that. This is true. Guilty as charged. No doubt about it. You know, how I am with my food. No doubt about it. Kelsey Plum joined us. All right. Let, I don't want to have you relive the, the gruesome injury and everything, but I remember us talking and, and you were – you were working out and we're getting ready for the start of the season. And then you ruptured your Achilles. Uh, talk a little bit about that moment, that process and how you've recovered because you sound, you sounded in great spirits after we talked with you when you were rehabbing and everything, you sound great now, but when you look back at all that, uh, what, what do you think of? Man, uh, this, this has been such a journey for me. You know, I think uh, for me, this might end up being the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and I know that kind of sounds uh, kind of like an oxymoron, but um, 
I was just, like you said, working out, getting ready for the bubble. It was probably like two weeks away. And um, it was actually the last possession of the game, game point. And I just ripped and went baseline, and I just thought someone shot me. Like, I've never been shot, but I feel like that's how it feels. Um, and so, you know, for me, I, I knew right away. I was like, that's gone. I think everyone in the gym knew. And, uh, you know, I think rehab has just been flawless. I've been in Vegas rehabbing the whole time at USC. Um, I've just had a lot of great people around me, and I've gotten a chance to just, you know, do different things, be a normal person for a little bit, uh, take some time to, you know, rebuild my body and get healthy and get strong. And uh, I'm really excited about where I'm at, and I'll be ready to go in January. So I was going to ask you what the timetable is. And actually, do you feel any ill ill effects at this point in time? And are you concerned at all? You always wonder when, when an athlete goes through this if you're concerned about, okay, making that next cut because it's – such a vivid, long-lasting memory of what you actually had to go through. Yeah. Anything in sports, there's always a risk, right, mm-hmm. when uh, you step out onto the court. And I just – in my tendons and my muscles, and that's what you've been building. You know, this whole rehab process, it's, it's very gruesome. You know, it's, it's a lot of hours, a lot of time um, – and it can be frustrating at times, but I think just knowing that I have the confidence in my body that I've done things the right way and it's going to pay off um, when I do things, you know, basketball-wise that I want to do. When you're going through a rehab like this, have you found mm-hmm. different things implemented in workout regimens? I know you said you've been working out at the UFC Center and that kind of stuff. Things that you maybe didn't do before and you were like, wow, this is not only good for me now, but this could really help my basketball career down the road as well because this is an exercise or some uh, or a drill that I've never used before, but it's really helpful. Yeah, I mean, I've done a ton of Pilates, and I think that's helped me a ton like with my core and things like that. I will say that boxing and MMA fighting – doesn't translate extremely well to basketball. Um, but I think we're really me being around a lot of those fighters and just the mentality that they have has been um, very entertaining and a lot of fun. And I think for anything I've learned in this whole process is that I think I take things way too serious. And so just me kind of having fun, taking a lot of the pressure off myself and uh, just really being uh, in the moment and enjoying what I'm doing in that period uh that's what i've really tried to focus on and that's helped me get through these last six months now wait a minute plum i I think it does come into play if you're playing you know the phoenix mercury or maybe the chicago sky you're going against a britney griner or or stephanie dolson and you want to mix it up with tarazi a little bit i mean advantage plum now are you kidding me i mean you could probably have the leg (laughs) kick going you're polishing up those skills you can turn a sky hook into a left hook there you go Man, listen, Forrest, Forrest Griffin showed me some moves on uh, how, to, how to get out of a submission hold, and I just said, Forrest, I think this is great. I would get kicked out of the game, but, like, I'll use it in life, you know. Um, so, anyways, yeah, no, for sure. But uh, I think it's just been dope to see them train the way that they train. And, um, I mean, these people are – you got to have a screw loose to do UFC for a living. Like, you really do. To get punched in the face and to punch people back, that's just, there's a lot going on there. Now, there could be one thing that could translate to basketball. With the hand speed and, and the mitt drill and that kind of stuff, that could actually make your hands maybe quicker for playing defense and maybe get some steals or something down the road. 
Yeah, but like at the same time, your feet are super flat, and you're just yeah. kind of like moving back and forth. And you know, if you ever seen a basketball player, if you're caught flat-footed, then you're gonna be on a mixtape somewhere. So. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> it goes both ways. <laughs> She is Kelsey Plum, Las Vegas Aces, uh, joining us here today. Always fun talking with Kelsey Plum. All right, so let's see. See, you got me going now. We'll be back with this, uh, uh, you know, training and all this stuff. Uh, you're a scrappy uh, basketball player. You always have been, all right? And you're not afraid to mix it up. Uh, give us uh, a time or two when you, like, really got agitated on the court and who that player was that maybe you, you almost wanted to throw down with or maybe was there a time when you did throw down with somebody? <laughs> I don't know if I should say that. My mother's listening. Uh, um, moms loves, think... loves us here. She knows that. Come on. It's all good, moms. <laughs> Man, yeah, I've definitely gotten into it uh, sometimes, I think. Uh, a lot of times it's, like, open gym, and there's – there's uh, there's guys, you know, you play pickup against guys in open gym and things like that. And I don't know if you've ever played or you've seen guys play against a girl, but anytime a girl plays and um, they feel like they want to score, they always try to post you up. Yes. And and my thing is like, yo, bro, like you weren't doing that 10 minutes ago. Like, what's the deal? And so for me, I, I always respond. I'm like, I'm like, I get it. Like, you know, you're trying to pick on the kid, but, like, that's fine. Like, I'm going to knee you in the butt. I'm going to step on your toe. Like, you want to play dirty? Let's play dirty. So, I'm with you. You know me, TC. I'll, I'll scrap I'll scrap with anyone. I don't really care. You got that right. No doubt about it. All right, so we're talking UFC, and I'm hearing that you were actually involved in some matchmaking here in the last card. you got to explain this to everyone because I fully don't know the entire story. <laughs> yeah, so um, one day I was on Instagram, and I was joking around with some of the fighters in UFC, and I was instigating. Like, I kind of went over to one guy, and I was like, yo, what about Mike over there? Like, you could take him? And he's like, you know, Kevin Lee, absolutely, like, I'll kill him. And I'm like, yep, okay. And I make my way over to Mike, and I'm like, yo, Mike. <laughs> Uh, it's not looking good for you on the streets, you know. And you know, you know, UFC fighters, they hear that and they're like, "What are you talking? What are you talking about?" And I'm just like, "Listen, man, I just heard if it went down with you and Kev, like, Kev would win that one." And he, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? And then, like, you know, later in the workout, I see him eyeing each other, like, "What's good?" And I'm like, "Oh God, I don't even know what I just did. Uh, I didn't mean to start nothing, but I already did." And so I was joking. To UFC, I was like, listen, make me a matchmaker because I'm a natural. <laughs> and sure enough, like the next day, Dana White and UFC hit me and they're like, yo, do you want to come to the matchmaker meeting on Tuesday? And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but absolutely. And then I realized I don't know anything about UFC. I don't know anything. <laughs> um, so then I went around to like all the UFC, you know, athletes, trainers, Man, like people that worked, and I just was like, yo, give me your best fights. I stole everyone's ideas, um, and I went in there, and I gave them some matches, and they loved it, and they let me match two fights. Really? You actually matched two fights? And one of them was a women's yep. fight, correct? Right. Yeah, Macy Barber and Alexa Grasso in February, and then the other one is uh, Max Holloway and Calvin Cater, and that's in January. That's pay-per-view, so it's pretty cool. 
so so give people an idea. You said you went into the matchmaker meeting. Now that you've been mm-hmm. that fly on the wall, what goes on in a matchmaker meeting? Oh man, it's incredible. I I didn't know that I was I've been fortunate. I was the only person ever invited in that meeting, like from an outsider's perspective. Um, and it's I mean the numbers that they have, and people think that they just match up. You know this guy versus this guy. I mean, they look at more than just rankings. They look at anything from like views uh, that people get around the world in different countries or whatever to like stylistic issues to maybe um, if someone has trouble making weight um, and just like did they win their last fight? How did it go? There's just so many factors that they take into play. Um, it's very very fascinating, and I learned a ton. So Kelsey Plum, the matchmaker. So now, uh, did you negotiate, since you're, you're go, sitting there making matches, did you negotiate yourself a nice little percentage or a salary involved here? I mean, you, you got a pay-per-view, a couple fights going on. I hope you got yourself some money out of this girl. Oh, man. I, I, uh, was, I, I ended up walking out with a bottle of bourbon. So I think... <laughs> I think that's the best I could have done for that, but I was just really excited for the opportunity because people people were telling me like, listen, you don't understand how big of a deal that is, and and I I see it more so now, uh, but just shout out to Dana for allowing me to do that. It was just so much fun. Well, it was it, it was it a proper twelve or what, what's the Conor McGregor whiskey? Was it proper twelve? Is that what it is, Frank? No, what? This, what is it? This is a Howler Head. It's a banana whiskey. And what do you know about bourbon anyway? What are you going to do with bourbon? Give it to your mom? Listen, listen. <laughs> I, I'll come to the family. I'll come to family Christmas with open arms and be the favorite child, okay? There you Some go. banana whiskey. There you go. I still want to see you showing up, uh, you know, practice uh, with a little bourbon under your breath or something. And Coach Lambier going, what's up, Plum? What's going on here? It could be a part of the R&R <laughs> after the rehab. You know, I mean, you need a, you need a little bit of that, too. Yeah. Do you do you find guys now in the gym, now that they know that they've done this, that they're kind of put a bug in your ear, that they're coming up and going, hey, hey you know, I'd, I'd really like to fight so-and-so. Can you kind of arrange that or something? Or are people trying to get you to help them get a match that they want down the road? Oh, yeah, you know, it's so funny. I was asking fighters about what they'd think, and they'd always put themselves in it. And I'm like, okay, besides you, who else? You know, um, but, yeah, it was more of a one-time thing. Um, You know, I don't want to try to make it seem like I'm going to be there every week, even though if they asked me to, I would, because I knew I was entertaining. I think that they loved it, so... So now that you're hanging around the UFC, you said you were really knew nothing about UFC. Has there been something maybe in your mind that's saying, okay, maybe after my playing days, I might want to mix it up a little bit? And sounds like you got this open invitation. Dana would probably put you on a card. <laughs> no, absolutely not. These people, uh, the way that they they fight and how much it goes into uh, like technicality-wise and things like that, you know, I, I stay in my lane, TC. You know, it's funny because when, when I was in the rehab, uh, when I'm in the training, like, center or whatever, people were taking bets on if I got put on a card, how long I could last. And I just like, you guys, don't answer this while I'm in the room. Like, I feel so disrespected. At least give me one round. You know what I mean? But uh, all jokes aside, I would never try to uh, even remotely, you know, take that take that on right. that's just 
I like I like my face uh, the way it is, <laughs> and my brain my brain works enough, and I, I just I want to keep it that way. There you go. So, do you find yourself now being more intrigued or more likely to watch UFC events? And do you have some favorite fighters? Well, absolutely. I, I think that uh, you know I've been super tuned in since I've started training there, even before this matchmaking experience. And you know, for me, like I think it's cool when you get to meet people um, and build like personal relationships, and then you watch them train, and then obviously when they fight, you're rooting for them. So. You know, for me, I think uh, just being able to, like, be friends with some of these uh, athletes has just been so, so dope, you know. And I, I see them, you know, I kind of get an inside scoop until how they train and then, you know, obviously their treatment and things like that. So I'm always rooting for all of them. But uh, I definitely think, you know, it's been pretty fun building some uh, relationships. And before you started, you know, working out there at the UFC uh, center and everything, were you more of a, of a boxing fan than UFC, or where do you stand on boxing versus UFC? Oh man, uh, I mean they're completely different, right? And yep. um, I mean, you've seen Floyd's at our games, so yep. it's, it's pretty cool to to see him there. I think I, I don't really I don't really have a preference. I think I, you just have to appreciate um, the art of how people do things and uh you know for me um i've learned a lot more in the ufc realm now that i've been around it i don't know much about boxing so uh i'm more of just a fan on the outside just appreciating uh you know how they are and how they perform but uh i stay in my lane i'm not trying to here to critique nothing you're going to get invited to some of these uh, big matches. Cause I've seen Bill in, in Asia in a lot of the big boxing matches. Uh, I've run into him there, this and that. So I know that, uh, again, you know, you know, partners with the MGM, you guys are always getting invited to these, these big events. So I, I got a feeling, Plum, that you're going to be uh, getting invited once we're all back to normal here, these major UFC cards and world championship boxing events. I'm in. Listen, uh, Dana loves me, you know, so who knows? I might be on the payroll next year yeah. or, or in 10 years, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I... Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the <laughs> evening. And now it's time! There it is. She's a bantamweight, 145 pounds soaking wet. She's the pride of San Diego, California, the Las Vegas Aces, fighting out of the red corner, Kelsey. And we got to come up with a nickname. The Terminator Plum. I don't know. know. I I know you said that you didn't know anything about UFC when you first got involved, and you don't know much about boxing. But And and certainly we hope that you're playing your basketball career for many years. But if you are looking for an alternative career afterwards, you can't be any worse than some of the judges we already have judging this stuff. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, Kelsey Plum, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, give us the plan now. What's going on? You're, you're back uh, stroking those jumpers. What's the deal, Leo? You 100% close to it? What's the deal? Yeah, we're getting there, probably about 80%. Uh, you know, I think I'll be ready in January, but, you know, sticking with it and, you know, making sure I'm pretty diligent on taking my steps the right way. But, uh, yeah, you'll see me out there as good as ever. Excellent. We'll look forward to it big time. All right, girl, we appreciate it. Uh, if we don't talk to you before uh, Christmas and the holidays and everything, take care, stay safe, uh, tell moms hello, and, uh, again, we miss you, and we look forward to getting you back on the court very, very soon. 
I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Have a, have a good one. Happy holidays, guys. You got Happy it. Holidays. There is Kelsey Plum, the Las Vegas Aces sharpshooter, point guard, ball handler, does it all, and now UFC matchmaker. Matchmaker indeed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually when you say matchmaker, you don't really necessarily think of that, but what a great man. I would love to be able to sit in one of those. I know, I know. I was That'd be look, awesome. I was looking at the awesome. look on your face, and you were just like Jones and man. said, what? She got to be in there? And I did because you're a big UFC guy. Well, I mean, I, I read the story earlier today because I knew that we were going to have her on, so I, I saw a little bit of that, and that's how I knew that you know that she had made a guy's fight and, and, a, and a woman's fight, and she had, was pitching some ideas in that. And I'm like, what? That'd be cool because I there's got to be fireworks in those meetings because, like she said, it's not just about two guys that want to fight each other. They got to be the weight weight class. Uh, is there a catch weight? Does one lose weight better? Does one have a problem? Styles make fights. We hear that all the time. I know we hear it in boxing and MMA. It's even more. You don't want necessarily a puncher against a guy who's always laying on the ground that's looking for that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's so much more that goes into it. But, yeah, very cool. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, love Kelsey Plum. Appreciate her joining us today. Kelsey oh, Sugar Plum, probably not I a mean went, enough name. Yeah, name, probably huh? not enough. But, you know, you know, anytime you talk about sugar in the you know, combative world of boxing well, yeah, I mean, you know, sugar. Good. I mean, there have been a lot yeah. of sugar shame. Mosley. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Kelsey Sugar Plum. I mean, it kind of flows together, and it is the holidays. Oh, we're going to roll We're gonna roll with that one. There, there you go. All right, I want to thank uh, Kelsey Plum, Bill Cartwright, Chuck Esposito for joining us today. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. And, uh, yes, looks like we will have a football game tomorrow. And, again, great point by Chuck Esposito. If you bet that Ravens game on a parlay or teaser, you probably don't have action. So you're either going to have to bet it straight or put it with a game this put week. It with the, yeah, put it with the games this week yeah. and then cross your fingers that they that they actually take place. There you go. Our interview from uh, yesterday with Steve Berline is up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Make sure you check that out with everything else up there as well. We appreciate you joining us 2 to 4 each and every day. Cosmopolitan on Friday. Come on out and see us at the Sportsbook. Look forward to that. We're back at it again right here tomorrow at 2 p.m. for Ballpark Frank, Numchuck, Earthquake. T.C. Martin saying so long. We'll catch you mañana.